Do you have a feeling that you are destined for more in this life? Would you like to tap into your true potential? Are you curious about how the wisdom of ancient cultures applies to our lives today? Do you know what the hero's journey is? In today's episode on Root Awakening, a health podcast, we are talking with Chris Story. Chris is the owner and director of Primal Alchemy, which is a health and performance brand that unifies ancient ancestral wisdom with 21st century science to create lifestyle optimization products. In this episode, Chris tells us about the very unique experiences of awakening that has shaped his life. He tells us about what the hero's journey is and explains to us what self-actualization is and how it can completely change your life. We talk about the importance of detaching from what others think and embracing your individuality. We talk about why tapping into your divine gifts and focusing on yourself instead of worrying about everyone else ends up helping everybody in the long run. Chris tells us about how we can be imprisoned by other people's opinions. We talk about how just experimenting with your health habits can unlock higher levels of wellness. We talk about uniting the physical and non-physical sides of ourselves. And Chris tells us about how he unites spirituality with the supplements that he creates for primal alchemy. He tells us about how he manually raises the vibration of primal alchemy supplements, which is super cool. I'm super excited for you to hear hear about this. And Chris tells us about what circadian rhythm has to do with the position of our planet in the universe and how this position is bringing forward a great awakening on earth. Chris holds so much knowledge and has done so much research about how the divine and how spiritual awakening in general has affected history and how that affects us today and how that is applicable to us today. And he's just super passionate about everyone fulfilling their full potential and binding together as a collective in our empowerment. He's passionate about us rising up together and standing up for what is right for us and not following all of these limiting beliefs that we get told our entire lives. And he's really not afraid to be different. He's not afraid to look up truths. And that's a vibe that we can all really benefit from. So this is a longer episode. Chris and I go over a lot of topics. Many of these topics you may not have heard of before, but it's really just an overview and an introduction to the many subjects that Chris often speaks about. So try to just sit back and listen with an open mind. Try not to get overwhelmed about everything that we're talking about. Just think of this as an intro to topics that are available for you to research further. And if you want to know more about any of the topics we talk about here, or if anything confuses you, DM me and ask me your questions. Let me know what you think about this episode. Let me know about what you would like to know more about, and I will turn you in the right direction. And follow Chris on Instagram. Subscribe to Chris's podcast, which is called Primal Alchemy's Red Pill Initiation Hour. He elaborates on these topics within his podcast and on social media, so we can definitely get you more information if you are interested in it. So I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. I think you'll find it super eye-opening and intriguing and magical. So let's get into it. 
This is Root Awakening, a health podcast. My name is Emily Kosick. I am the CEO of Root Awakening. I am a holistic health coach, and I help you gain balanced health without going cold turkey. You can follow me on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening. Root is spelled R-O-O-T. If you want to message me personally and say hi, you can. DM me on Instagram. Say hey. Tell me what you think about this episode. Tell me what you think about the podcast. I'd be so happy to hear from you. And we also have a giveaway happening right now, not for much longer, but we are reaching the tail end of our giveaway that is still active. So one person will win a free 45-minute private coaching session with me, whether you want guidance on how to become less dependent on alcohol, how to become less dependent on caffeine, how to function in our society while having healthy beliefs and healthy values, how to reconnect with your intuition, how to reconnect with your body, how to find more purpose and fulfillment in life, how to become more self-sustainable in your health. These are all topics that I specialize in that I would be so excited to coach you on to be entered into the drawing to win a free 45-minute health coaching session with me. You can subscribe to this podcast, you can leave a rating and review, or you can share this podcast with your community. Just take a screenshot of your subscription, your review, or a post that you share. DM me the screenshot on Instagram and your name will be entered into the drawing. And if you do one of these three things, your name gets entered once. If you do all of these three things, you will get entered into the drawing three times so you will have three times the chance of winning a 45-minute private health coaching session with me. So leverage this opportunity. It's not going to be around for much longer. I'm so excited to serve you. Looking forward to your screenshots. And if you'd like to receive longer-term guidance and join a community of people who honor their health, who are on your wavelength, who are understanding about your health journey, apply to join the Root Awakening Mastermind. The Root Awakening Mastermind is a supportive, inclusive, encouraging community alongside an online platform. And this online platform is basically just a glittery, beautiful, sparkly bank packed full of online wellness content that I have created myself that has literally changed my life and has also changed my clients lives as well so by joining the root awakening mastermind you will get access to an online course that will teach you how to replace unhealthy habits with balancing wellness practices that take you to a higher place of health and you will also get access to a library of recipes a library of cooking techniques meditation methods journaling methods self-care resources all that will support you as you let go of the habits that don't serve you You will also get access to mindfulness mantras, which are like guided meditations recorded by me. And you'll get access to a weekly gathering where our community comes together and I set up a weekly intention for the group. So this will help with your accountability. It will help to keep you on track and just keep you in a good place, keep you mindful and centered for the week. And right now we are offering a special founding members price for the Root Awakening Mastermind. This is only going to be happening for a couple more weeks. So make sure that if you are interested in the Root Awakening Mastermind, you apply very soon because you are going to get this lower founding members price. It's super accessible. I'm so proud to be offering it. And this founding members price gives you access to the mastermind for an entire year. You will get 365 day access to the mastermind with this lower founding members price. If you are interested in claiming this lower price, Head to the link in my bio on Instagram and you can apply to the mastermind there. Okay, let's get into this episode with Chris' story. Hey, everybody. 
Folks, today is a big marker in time for Root Awakening because today I am interviewing someone who was literally one of the first people who inspired me to create Root Awakening and to continue to pursue my career as a health coach and to help the world in this way that I am helping people right now and who helped me see the world in a completely different way and who helped me see the world in such a different way that it actually changed my life. And that person is Chris Story. Chris is the owner and director of Primal Alchemy, which is a health and performance brand that unifies ancient ancestral wisdom with 21st century science to create premium lifestyle optimization products. So Primal Alchemy creates these really special supplements, superfood supplements, herbal supplements, medicinal mushrooms, and these supplements are so well thought out on a spiritual level. And how often do you hear that? Have you ever heard that about that there are supplements out there that were created with spiritual intention. It's pretty damn cool. So the wellness industry is so overly saturated with crap supplements that do nothing for the body. So it's really special to celebrate supplements that are created by someone who really cares about your health. So Chris wants us all to ascend to a higher level of health and that just radiates throughout his brand. And he has done so much research to create these supplements. And I'll let Chris tell you more about them in his own words later on in the episode. But yes, Chris has so much knowledge that he has cultivated. He has done so much research into ancient cultures. He has had his own really profound life experiences that have only added to his vast wisdom, which we will also likely talk about in this episode. And he's just real, folks. It's clear that he chooses to speak about what he's genuinely passionate about. He's truly dedicated his life to changing the world and to waking up the world and helping everybody see how powerful they really are. So we've got a lot to talk about here. I'm sure excited. And Chris, we are so grateful to have you here. Welcome to Root Awakening, a health podcast. All right. Thank you very much, Emily. It means a lot to be invited on. And of course, like you briefly uh, said in the intro about me, we did have a little bit of back and forth between myself and yourself a few, maybe over a year ago or so. And it's been very interesting to see you and your own journey and how you've kind of, you know, evolved in the past year. And I could see that you've kind of stepped out of your comfort zone a little bit, started up your own podcast, you know, entering those zones of growth. It's a little bit uncomfortable to begin with, but that's what we're here for. We're here to be able to learn, to be able to connect with like-minded individuals, people that inspire you to be more than you, you know, you believe that you are. And it's an honor for me to be able to, be able to be that sort of guiding light for a lot of people because it's you know we're living in very strange times very very important times very epic times and that there's a lot of misinformation there's a lot of deception there's a lot of false prophets out there running their mouth about shit that they don't know what they're talking about and uh, yeah every now and then it just it, i feel like there needs to be individuals such as ourselves that you know we speak from the heart we speak from the heart we speak our truth and for people with the, you know, the ears to hear, the eyes to see, and the hearts to connect, you never know who, who you're going to touch with your message. And that's why I do this for, to be able to just show people that it's not, it's not all doom and gloom, that we are destined for way more than what we've been told and been led and conditioned to believe. And this is it. This is the new age. And my brand, my mission, my life purpose is all about gearing people up for a big, big event that we will be soon experiencing in the uh, the next decade, I believe, personally. Cool. 
You already brought up so many topics that I'm super excited to talk to you about. And yes, I love to highlight the fact that things are not always what they seem. So there's a lot of information circulating out there and it's really easy to get sucked into that world. And for uh, those of you listening, if it seems really abstract, what we're talking about here, I think we're going to zoom in on this a little bit and get a little bit more specific to tell you what we're talking about and to hopefully show you that you have higher levels of what you are capable of. So to start out, Chris, would you like to start talking about the profound experiences that you've had that have led you to creating Primal Alchemy or just a little bit of a background about how you found yourself here and how you've cultivated the knowledge that you have so we can give our listeners an idea about what your background is. Sure. So I guess to begin with, as most people's lives are shaped very subconsciously, but for the people that are aware of it, you know that it is uh, it plays a big part to do with your childhood. And for me, as a child, to be honest, I don't actually remember much. They were just kind of scary. And I don't know if that's got deeper implications attached to that, but I don't actually remember much. But the stuff that I do remember is that I was always extremely fond, extremely interested in the supernatural world, things, magic, high, high, high performance, human potential. From a young age, I was just drawn to weird, to weird shit that no one else my age was, you know, what they were interested in. And I never really grew out at that stage. Most people, when you grow up, you know, school does its job of conditioning you, of programming you to, you know, take interest in certain subjects. Whereas I never really kind of followed in line. I was always kind of like a little bit of a, an outsider doing my thing, but I was perfectly content with that. And I always kind of led my own life. I was never led. And it that, that kind of personality trait eventually led me down some pretty interesting roads and I became a personal trainer at the age of 16. Now, as you could imagine, Emily, there's not many people that want to be trained by a 16 year old kid. So even though I was a qualified personal trainer at the age of 16, I still had a little bit of work to do to get people to actually want to work alongside me. So I went off and did did the usual, went to college. Now here in the UK, college is essentially like your last two years of high school. And then we call university what you call college. So once I finished college, I went off to university and studied exercise physiology. Around this time period, I should also add from the age of like maybe 13, 14 onwards, I was always very interested and fond of mythology, esoteric knowledge, secret societies. I I was reading, there's like... I don't know if you've heard of Madame Blavatsky, The Sacred Doctrine, Mammy P. Hall's the, Se- the Secret Teachings of All Ages, all of these great esoteric like keepers of wisdom throughout the ages. I was drawn to their work as a young teenager, and, and I was also very interested in sports, performance, strength conditioning, nutrition, very kind of on the other end of the spectrum, very spiritual on this spectrum and on the other spectrum, very, you know, embedded in the physical, very kind of like really dialed into this avatar vessel and how to optimize it. And that took me off to university. And when I was at university, I guess one of the the things that kind of, I guess, set me apart a little bit is that I was initiated into Freemasonry. I don't know if any people that are listening know what Freemasonry is. 99.9% will have the wrong idea what freemasonry is and i went in there with that same idea i thought oh okay i'm gonna sacrifice some goats sell my soul and i'm gonna become an illuminati god 
And I went in there looking for esoteric knowledge, looking for this sort of ancient wisdom that I began become, or I should say, I believed that, that they were sort of safeguarding. And I worked my way through the ranks. For anyone who's listening, no, I did not drink any adrenochrome. I was not involved in any child sacrifice. I'm still pure at heart. I like to believe. But anyway, I worked myself up. And at one point in time, I held a rank within Freemasonry where I was the youngest in the world to hold that rank. So as you would expect someone of, you know, to have that title, you, you, you do the rounds. You go around, you go from lodge to lodge, and you meet new people, you network, and you learn new things. And, you know, my... My first for knowledge, my my desire for, you know, just wisdom, truth, truth seeking. I just couldn't find it within Freemasonry. And then that kind of tied in very closely to the end of my university career. And after university, I was like, right, what do I do? Like, what am I going to do? And I fell into a position of working as a personal trainer on a cruise ship. And I got to travel the world. Very fortunately, it's strange how... Sometimes the things that you don't want to do always end up leading to possible opportunities that really kind of open up the open up the potential inside of you. And it was strange because I'll tell you this little story. It's uh, it's not necessarily on topic, but when I was at the academy to go to the to go to the cruise ships, you know, I was young. I was 21 years old and I was wanting to go on the big cruise ships, the big mega cruise ships, loads of young people. I was still in my sort of days where I like to drink a little bit, I like to party. And I was also a little bit of a rebel. So I didn't fit in at that academy either. As it's a common trend with me. And we got to the end of the academy and all the people that I was there for about eight to 12 weeks with, they got assigned their ships and they were flying off to the Caribbean. They were going on these big mega ships, 6,000 passengers, 2,000 crew. And then I got assigned my ship and I got assigned this. Well, it's, it's, I won't, I won't disclose what the name of the company is, but I was on a ship that had about 600 passengers with the average age of about 105. And I was the youngest person on that ship by, you know, by maybe like 30, 40 years. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, is this like a curse? Is you, is this, is this like, have I been banished? Have you just put me on the ship because you just don't, you just, uh, did I do something wrong? Anyway, turns out that the big ships, when they do their circuits, they only ever go across like one or two, one or two places. And you spend months just going back and forth between different Caribbean islands. Yet this ship that I was on, I traveled the world. Like I literally in the space of nine months, I, I traveled to pretty much every continent. I, got, I went down to Antarctica. I met all of these people that I never would have even dreamed of meeting before. It was a very affluent, wealthy guests you could say like a guest list with people that sort of cruised on there so a a lot of older people which really broadened my experience of you know communicating to people from all different all different areas of the planet or different interest groups and I got to study like firsthand experience of different different cultures from all around the world their philosophies on health on nutrition on spirituality their oral traditions I got to go to all these ancient sites and it really started to combine, like, or I should say, solidify a lot of these non-related topics of interest that I had kind of really been drawn to over the years. And then after that, I was like, okay, well, I've done that. I don't really want to do that anymore. It was an experience. I learned from it. I grew from it. What do I do now? And I was planning on going back to university to do a PhD in the endocannabinoid system. That's what I was really, really interested in back then. And I wanted to do a specific path through physiotherapy 
physiotherapy. So I ended up going into going to Nepal. I went to Nepal and did a residency over there as a volunteer physiotherapist. Now, this is going to be a very cliche part of the story. You wouldn't be, uh, you, you probably hear it everywhere that someone goes to the Himalayas and they find themselves and they have a mystical experience as you do. And this is exactly, this is the exact experience that I actually had. So uh, very cliche so far. And I went out and we did a, like a two week hike into the Himalayas, into the Annapurna region of the Himalayas in Nepal was beautiful out there. And I had this very distinct experience one evening where I was sat outside one of the tea huts where we were staying for the evening. And I was kind of just, you know, just looking up at the stars and just thinking like, you know, I don't really like this physiotherapy gig. It's like, it's a bit fucking boring. And, you know, there's all these rules and regulations. You can't do this. You can't say that. And I was just sat there and I just kind of put put it out there. I was like, what am I to do? Like, uh, I feel like I'm destined for more. I've always felt like I'm destined for more. I feel like I'm destined for big things. And I know that everyone feels this because down on a soul level, we all know, we all have that deep intuitive knowing that we're destined for more than this, you know, this illusionary reality is programmed and conditioned us to believe. And as I was thinking this, it was almost as if the question got answered and I had this very intense out-of-body experience where I was essentially shown what I believe if you ask me it's my destiny I was shown what I was to become my role within the you could call the circle of life where I fit within it and how everything that I had learned so far all of my experiences were given to me to prepare me for what my role really was, which was to bring a sort of a new age mystery school of holistic health of, you, you could call it the, you tapping into the, the ancient mystery schools of old and put, giving it a fresh lick of paint. So it would be applicable for today's modern generation of truth seekers. And uh, yeah, r- really br- help bring in this new age, again, the new age tag term, it's a bit overused and a bit misunderstood, but this new age of consciousness that was about to be initiated on the planet. And from that point on, I literally committed myself to building this brand. And, you know, as, as I'm sure you're aware, Emily, well, like when you're self-employed, when you do something for yourself and you don't really have any handouts and you, it's hard, it's a hard journey. You have to learn a lot about yourself. And I have this idea my personal belief that entrepreneurship is essentially a modern day spiritual pilgrimage. It's, it's the, the only thing where you're really by yourself and the results depend completely on yourself, on your actions, on your mastery of self. You have to learn about yourself. You have to learn about your weaknesses. You have to identify them. You have to face them. You can't run from them. Otherwise, they're going to come back to bite you. And there's just so much that's happened in the past four to five years, failures, sacrifice, growth, like uncomfort. And that's really taken me to where I am today. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still just as motivated as I was then. And I've got big plans with this Primal Alchemy brand and being able to reach people, to be able to help people, to help, help people help other people, create that ripple effect within the, uh, the quantum network, you could say, of possibilities and probabilities and really try and bring us onto the timeline, which is going to be optimal for the evolution of our consciousness. That was great. 
Oh my gosh. Oh man. I'm so excited to talk about a lot of different points that you bring up. And I think that's just going to be an overall theme here. But yes, I would, first of all, the first thing that kind of sent off a light bulb in my head was Antarctica. If we have time, I would love to talk about that a little bit further on uh, in the episode, but to, yeah, to bring our listeners along for the ride a little bit to keep learning more about these sciences and these these just these these baseline values that you that you put as the pillars of primal alchemy you mentioned the hero's journey and this is something that i really learned first from you and you made a great analogy on your podcast um, about star wars and how and took us through the hero's journey through star wars i am one of the people that have never seen star wars before so i learned oh. <laughs> yeah that's almost everyone that's almost everybody's reaction i haven't seen it and well I don't really remember if I've seen it or not, maybe in small parts, but yeah, still, still haven't made the, made the leap to see it. However, I think most of our listeners have, but can you take us a little bit through the hero's journey? I think, I think we, we understand what you're saying about this, this path that you have to go through to get to this higher level version of yourself. But yeah, can we get a little bit more specific here with what the hero's journey looks like? Sure. So the hero's journey was a concept that was developed by uh, Joseph Campbell. He was a very prominent astrologist back in, well, he, he unfortunately died back in the 90s. But he, his sort of legacy is all based around his work of the hero's journey. And what he did is that he investigated all of these different cultural mythologies from all around the world. And he, he started to see that there are these recurring themes that can be when you learn how to read between the lines and you can read symbolism and you can you can understand metaphor and allegory you can, you start to see these similarities which were, were strange because you know you've got mythologies that are separated by thousands of miles in land and thousands of years in time yet they all have these same consistent themes that were which were playing out and the what the hero's journey is was Joseph Campbell believes it is that it's almost the path that the spirit has to take through the process of self-actualization or self-realization um, in order to go through the essentially the process of waking up, waking up to what the truth is. And this the this truth is embedded within the it seems that it's just embedded within the human psyche, the human subconscious that is just it just it just follows us throughout time, throughout cultures, and you can see it in modern modern movies, modern cinematography. You see it in like our favorite films. All of our favorite films seem to follow this hero's journey archetype, and it always starts with this. Well, the hero character. So this could be Luke Skywalker. This could could be Harry Potter. This could be Gilgamesh. This could be Hercules. This this could be any one of the ancient myths and modern movies. And the the hero character hero character always seems to just be a normal person. Yet you, later on, you find out they're of a divine origin, but you find that out later on. And they're just a normal person in their ordinary world. And then what happens is that a series of synchronistic serendipitous events present themselves now normally the hero is completely oblivious to them until the point where they're kind of just like smacked in the face with it and when they're smacked in the face with it 
they're they're sort of opened up into a what you would call the extraordinary world or the supernatural world and they're normally joined by a mentor as such so with harry it was dumbledore with luke it was obi-wan so on and so on and then the what happens is that they end up going from their ordinary world into the extraordinary world and it's in this period of the extraordinary world when they're in this um, zone that they go through a sort of a a path of trials and tribulations where their where their where their spirit where their soul where their skills is tested they they meet new people that become very close to them that they learn from and then they're presented with a certain situation which they, which Joseph Campbell called when you face in the dragon but what this is is the beginning of the death rebirth experience and this death rebirth experience is a critical experience for every human to have in their life be that forced or be that natural and this death rebirth experience is when they wake up to their true potential and who they really are and you could see that on the harry potter film franchise when harry find when harry gets killed by voldemort and then he goes off into the other realm and talks to dumbledore and then comes back like this like magi mode Master Magi mode, you see it with Luke when he find when he finally kind of connects with the force. There's like this theme that's just interwoven f- throughout myths and mo- modern movies where you just where it is the hero goes for a death rebirth experience and then comes out the other side as a as their full powered version. And that's just showing us as humans, in order to become the best versions of ourselves, we have to take ourselves away from our modern comforts. We have to take our way take ourselves away from expectations and opinions of other people that are close to us in our surrounding bubble when, where we're born or just where we are now. And we always need to be expanding our horizons in regards to who we are, our, our identity of self, our, our, pers- our personality. It's, it's all malleable. It's, it's all going to be molded by our experiences. And just w- one of the things with alchemy is taking a base metal it's the base metal lead and the transmutation of that base metal into gold. So if you think of your body as the, the cauldron, you've got your soul, which is the base metal, which is the lead. And then your experiences, the chemicals in which that you use to kind of, you know, create that alchemical transition from the base metal, your base self into your golden higher self. And that's exactly what you need to do in life if you follow this hero's journey. And it's it's not easy. It's not it's not comfortable. You've got to go out. You've got to face your dragon. What is your fear in life? What are you scared of? Are you scared of getting out in front of people and speaking your truth? Are you afraid of other people's opinions? What are you afraid of in this life? You need to face it because it's always going to be there. And then that's how you grow. And that's how you make the, the gold out of the lead it's through these experiences and facing the dragon slaying the dragon now don't get me wrong there's plenty of occasions on the hero's journey where the hero gets gets eaten and, and swallowed up by the dragon that's actually part of it is to actually go through being the consumed being consumed by the dragon and when all hope is lost you find that divine spark within you and that divine spark then literally creates what they what you would call the apotheosis, which is going to be the the process of hitting that point of self actualization where you wake up, and then you and then you enter God mode, you enter full power mode. And although that is you know myth mythology, I believe that to be reality. 
And I believe that these these experiences that people have in their lives that have been recorded in myth, although some of it is symbolic, some of it, you know, is, it can be taken figuratively. I do believe in some aspects that it's literal as well, and that there were these people, there were these, you could call them heroes back in the day that had these experiences and they went through that process of self-actualization and because they reached a specific level of consciousness and you know to the normal eye they they were like gods they 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 activated their their godlike abilities and it's that's that's how you that's how you make history because the people people remember them people remember these these heroic acts that they did that these these inhuman acts that they were able to accomplish and that's what we're all capable of we all have this within us we all have this seed within us all we have to do is learn how to water that seed and nourish it and you nourish it through facing your fears and through putting yourself out there yeah do you feel like your moment of self-actualization was in Nepal? Tough question. Yes and no. I mean, you go again, it's like, it, it's, it's easy to, to sum it all up in one myth and one movie, but generally speaking, we should be having these moments like on multiple occasions in our life. We should be having them, you know, every few years, you should be like having that chance to be reborn to go through that death rebirth cycle you should always be learning you should always be evolving the person who you are today should not be the person that you are in 10 years time you should you should always be like like they like the snake like shedding your skin and re giving birth to yourself again to a better version of yourself so i mean that was a that was a definitely a critical point within my journey like I always remember it, but then like there, there's, there's other, there's other things that aren't as epic as that, that aren't as epic sounding that might not make it into a movie in the future, but it was still equally as impactful in my life and my consciousness and how I am in my day-to-day life there. You were always molded by our experiences. And yeah, I guess, I guess I've had, I guess I have, I've had a number of those, but I guess, I guess the one that, you know, is, I guess the most glorious to tell it's very the, the most Hollywood of those experiences is that is the old cliche of finding yourself in the Himalayas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. It's such a great reminder that although not all of our really profound experiences are as sexy as all of our other really profound experiences, some of them might not be as, well-received by other people. If you tell someone about this really beautiful thing that happened to you and, and their response is not very significant or they don't really validate it, it doesn't mean that it's not a beautiful experience and it's not something that puts you to that level that you need to be, right? Yeah, I mean, what about what about yourself, Emily? Have you had any like major experiences in your life where you felt like it's sort of pushed you in, like, almost hit like a fork in the road and you were given a situation to go one way or the other? Yes, definitely. That's how I started my health journey. So I used to be addicted to drugs and I had a really big alcohol problem. What's that? What drugs? Yes. Yep. And oh, what drugs? Yeah. Prescription pills. I liked prescription pills a lot. And I, I had a dependency on weed that was unhealthy. So I think everyone has their own experience with weed. But for me, it was a dependency that had to do with me not accepting myself and wanting to escape from reality. 
and yeah, different pills. And I, I took, yeah, that was really the most different, different types of pills, um, Vicodin, Adderall. Yeah. yeah. And what was the, what was the turning point for you? Yes. So I reached a point, well, the, my drug addiction went away naturally. So I was really lucky to uh, be able to slowly take some time away <laughs> from the drugs I was taking. And that was, that allowed me to get a little bit clearer, but I still had a huge alcohol problem, like a very big, significant alcohol problem that affected my life, affected my jobs. I was an artist at the time. So it was really easy to get away with that because I would make these amazing paintings when I was really inebriated. And I would say, okay, I guess I'm an artist and I fit this mold. So let's go for that. But it was a it was a huge problem. And I was really unhappy. And I had an eating disorder for a while. And then I got to a point where my body just started falling apart, because you can only take so much. It was around the age of 27, which I think is the age that bodies kind of your body starts falling apart if you treat it really poorly throughout early adulthood. And I started my, my issues with substance abuse in my early teens. So it had been a while. And then, and yeah, I just, I I started experiencing recurrent infections and I really couldn't think throughout the day. And so I got to a point where I had to make a switch because I was getting nervous for myself on a very medical level. I went to talk to Western doctors and they just made it worse. They prescribed me a bunch of antibiotics and that's what got me more into natural health. And I found Ayurveda through that. So that was kind of that moment, right? Of self-actualization or just a moment where I knew I needed to turn. But every moment since then has been a really intuitive feeling. So I don't know, Chris, if I would love to hear if you've experienced this too, but every, every step in my path since that moment has been very intuitive. So I feel a pull to do something else or to do something new or to get out of a relationship or to move somewhere. And that has really shown me the next step of where I want to be. Have you experienced this, this intuitive feeling? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's skill. That's a sense that's just heavily suppressed and mostly goes unnoticed and unheard by the majority of people. It's like, we're, we're always told to think with the rational you know, logical minds. And that that keeps us at a very, although that can be very helpful in certain situations, it also disconnects us from source, it disconnects us from spirit. It's very ego based. And the more you begin to, you know, go up the spiral of your spiritual evolution, you begin to open yourself up to these, these abilities. And it's a sense, it's an intuitive sense, it's a connection through the heart, your heart wisdom, and again, I will, I always go off my intuition. It's, it's about finding the balance. It's finding the balance between the, the head and the heart. And it can be, it can be very hard, especially with the way that we're, we're kind of conditioned I keep using that word conditioned programs through our early, for our early childhood years and adolescent years. We're never, we're never given the, we're, we're never given the opportunities to really express our intuition to be able to develop it and no one no one's going to give you that opportunity you have to make that opportunity for yourself and once you take that sort of leap of faith to go for it there is a invisible force on the other side that catches you and then you find that that invisible force is actually you catching yourself and then you can kind of just hit that that flow state of just really just going with the flow where it all becomes 
intuitive it does you don't have to think if you think you become slow and you become slow you become heavy if you become intuitive it comes it's natural and it's light and then it connects you to that spiritual force that already knows the answers it already knows the outcome because there is no past there is no future there's just now and it's all at once so once you're connected to that that intuition already knows because it sees through it sees into the future and it really knows so it's telling you what to go for but again it's easier said than done it's very hard and you know if you've got a bot if your body is like you said is breaking down you got you know you got a fucked up liver so you can't detox your pineal glands uh fucking calcified you, you got all, all, all of your endocrine systems off so your hormones are sending you like left right and center you don't know what ways up or down it can be very hard to connect with your intuition so it's it's very important to make sure that your body your actual physical like body your avatar vessel is clean it's optimized it's it's working at full capacity so that you can you can tune into these spiritual into these spiritual abilities that we all have but just most people just either think that it's fairy tale and fit and fit and think that it's that magic's all pseudoscience but it's not like this this is real and when you when you again once you experience this you don't need someone telling you that it's wrong because you're like fuck you man it's not wrong like i know it's right because i'm following my intuition and it's getting me to where i want to go so i don't need to be told what's wrong by someone else that doesn't even have the best interest for you at heart as long as you have the best interest for yourself at heart and you follow that then you'll you do good. You'll be fine. Yeah, following what feels good to you, which is something that we are bred and conditioned to not do. Do what feels good to someone else. Do what feels good to this person at a bar that you don't even know. Do what feels good to this person that must know better than you because there's someone else that's not you, right? And I think it, it links back really nicely to what you were saying at the beginning, Chris, which was you had an innate skill or you had a skill from very early on in life where you wanted to be an individual. You weren't, you weren't as concerned with what other people thought. And I think that's one of the biggest, that is one of the biggest ways to change your life, to detach from uh, what is this person going to think of me? And is this quote unquote, right? Is this what society says? And do I care about what society says? Like all of these questions are, they really, they really take us to that level that we're talking about of self-actualization, having these really profound experiences, realizing your power. Because when we are worried about what something looks like, if something's weird, if that makes somebody else uncomfortable, if we're worrying about all these things, we're holding ourselves back. And would you say that your ability to detach from what everyone else thinks would you say that helped you a lot along your journey yeah i mean i say i say this whenever i can like um very interested in biohacking and i've been part of like this biohacking community for a while now again i kind of separated myself a little bit from it now but the the point being is that the best biohack like you can go and do your cold showers you can do your grounding you can do your sun gazing you could look at your heart rate variability you can do all of that track track all of the track everything you want what ma- the biggest biohack, the best biohack in the world is to not give a fuck what other people think about you. And there's no, there's no top in that. And in it's, it's, it's hard to explain because unless you, unless you really embody that, it's hard to explain because it's more of a feeling. Once you really don't give a fuck what other people think about you, it doesn't mean that you have to be an asshole. It doesn't make you an asshole. It just means that you're a complete sovereign 
like you're, you're, you own complete sovereignty of your soul and you become the cause and effect of your life. As long as you are imprisoned by other people's opinions, genuinely speaking, you're always going to be the effect of someone else's cause. And that cause is not going to be the, I should say, you're always the cause of, no, you're the effect of someone else's cause. Just want to make sure I got that one right. And that cause is never going to be in your interest. People spend their whole life like 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 I said, imprisoned by thinking that other people care that they should do this with their life. They should do that with their life. It's your life. Like you are here, like the purpose of life, if you could sum it up, is to live, to experience, is to is to go is to experience everything that you can, good and bad. You need we live in a world, we live in the third dimension. It's all about polarity. It's about experience darkness. It's about experiencing the light. It's about finding balance between the two, dynamic balance. But you can't do that if you're just gonna follow the status quo and just and just follow what other people expect from you. If everyone expected what like if everyone just followed the plan that their parents set out for them then you're just going to become essentially a carbon copy of your parents. And that's literally if you, well, it might, that might not be a bad thing, but I, I would always, always push on people to just, as Joseph Campbell said, follow your bliss. You need to follow what, you know, taps into that inner child within you so that you can go and you can just live your life how you want to live it. Like it, it doesn't have to be overly philosophical and, you know, connected to like deep spiritual concepts you just live your life the way that you want to as long as long as you live it with honor you and integrity and you don't want to hurt other people in order to get what you want you will evolve you will be the universe will just put will place you into situations where you'll be tested it's not necessarily going to be comfortable all the time but you'll be tested you'll be challenged but you'll only ever be tested and challenged with trials and tribulations that you're ready for you're never going to be presented with something that you're not. So just know that anything that you're going through in your life, it's happening because you're ready to overcome it. And when you overcome it, you're going to, you'll be able to get the gold on the other side. So again, that all starts with not giving a fuck what other people think about you. Yeah, totally. Totally. And I think it also has to do a lot with like, Okay, so a lot of us have guilt. I notice it, especially where I am right now in the Midwest of the US, guilt is a really big thing for everybody. A lot of people say, I feel bad that you're feeling this way, or I feel bad that you've been waiting, or I feel bad that this is happening. There's a lot of like searching and trying to hold on to guilt. And I think that goes hand in hand with shame. And having those things in your life will keep you in a place that you don't want to be. And then we could get into anxiety and all of these other thoughts and outcomes that happen when you're experiencing guilt. Something that I really like to highlight is that I noticed once I just started letting go of that and doing what felt really good to me, that felt right to me in the moment, that gave me space to help other people. It gave me more space, more ability, more time, more energy. That was a big thing for me, more energy to help other people in the long run. So if there are any listeners out there that are thinking, okay, well, isn't that really selfish? Like that's, that's something right there that is totally worth working through and understanding that you need to be here in order to help other people. And you need to be able to show up really well in order to help other people. So know that being on this journey for yourself also ends up giving you space to, to help others. And did you experience a similar situation, Chris? What's your relationship to that? 
Yeah, I mean, if it's, it's the only way to really help other people is to help yourself. And that might seem like it contradicts itself. But if you can be the best version of yourself, like if you keep yourself physically fit, mentally fit, spiritually fit, then you're in a position where you can serve others to the best of your abilities. You'll be able to tap into your own divine, authentic gifts that no one else has, only you have. And when, once you can tap into that, then you can help people. You can help people, you know, wake up. You can help people create a ripple effect. And this is, I don't know if you're familiar with the work of Dr. David Hawkins. You look into the work, he's got a thing called the map of consciousness. And it was interesting what you're saying about guilt and shame, because that's like literally on the lowest levels. And when you're at the lowest levels, like, well, it's not where you want to be. You you need to rise up past what's the level 200. Level 200 is courage. And once you make that transition past 200 and start working your way up into the higher realms of consciousness, you start to develop these attractor fields, these attractor fields that then magnetize essentially you know, what is it that, what is it that you've programmed your subconscious to believe about yourself and reality? You begin to magnetize that into your life and it becomes effortless. It's like everything just starts to come to you. Doors start to open where there's only previously brick walls and you just begin to really find a new found appreciation for life. And it takes, don't get me wrong. Like it is, it's hard to make, to make that journey because you have to, you have to fight a lot of inner demons. You have to face the real enemy, which is always going to be yourself the complacent self, the comfortable self, you always have to overcome that. But to it's the most rewarding thing you will ever do is to be able to break free of those expectations and to be able to just work on yourself and just, you're not, as long as you're not, like I said before, as long as you're not hurting people, it doesn't, just because you're thinking about yourself doesn't mean that you, that you're selfish and that you're not going to help other people. But in order to help people, you need to be able to help yourself first. And a lot of people end up giving their energy away. They give their life force energy away either because they attach it to, you know, this is that age old saying that energy goes where energy flows, where attention goes. And if your attention is always on other people, then you're giving your energy to them. And subconsciously, or I should say unconsciously, they become energy vampires because you're just giving your energy to them and you're giving your energy to things that are not going to benefit you. So the more that you work on yourself, you learn how to cultivate life force energy within yourself, the more that you just create attractor fields that then ripple out into the quantum field, into that informational field that will inspire others to be like, well, not be like you, but you know, to, to make, to work on themselves. And it's just the way, this is the way it is. Like when you're around, you know, there's this hundred monkey effect where, have you heard of this before, Emily? No. So they did, they did this experiment out on the coastal islands of Japan where they had these, these unconnected um, islands with all these monkeys that were inhabiting it. And the scientists were just researching general the social dynamics of the monkeys and they, had, and they would feed them all sweet potatoes and they, put, they would put the sweet potatoes in the sand. And then obviously the monkeys weren't going to eat that. And then after a while, one monkey discovered if you put it in the water and washed off the sand, you could eat the sweet potato. And then another monkey discovered it and then another monkey discovered it. And then when it hit, hit a certain point of what they call critical mass, all of a sudden monkeys that were up here on this part of the islands that were completely unconnected from down here, all of a sudden, all of the monkeys on every island got it. And then they all just woke up and they all started eating, the, started washing their sweet potatoes and started to eat it. 
So that when you look at that concept and you think of it in regards to human consciousness on the planet is if you're working on yourself, you create this ripple effect for other people to work on themselves. And when enough people work on themselves to the point where they begin to self-actualize, it creates a ripple effect. It creates a greater ripple effect in the quantum field that then just, just switches the flip or flips the switch, sorry. And then we all suddenly just go up a level on that spiral of spiritual evolution on that map of consciousness. We all take the flip from courage or below courage, which is the 200 up into the higher 300, 400, 500. And then maybe one day you're going to end up, you know, a Christ-like avatar where you're up on level a thousand, but that's probably, uh, probably a little bit too much to ask for unless you're a, uh, you know, a spiritual prodigy of some kind. Yeah. yeah. And I'm curious, can we talk now about how primal alchemy offers products that everyone can get into to raise their vibration and to help their spiritual connection and to get their bodies to a place that they want their bodies to be. Sure. So like one of the, like I was briefly explaining earlier, one of the sort of gateways to me into these heightened states of being and heightened states of potential was through health and fitness. Like I was very interested in strength and conditioning and in like peak state performance in the sporting world. And I, I got into it through fitness because fitness is very tangible. It's like, if you do, if you go to the gym and you commit to a three month plan of like, you know, you, de you dedicate yourself to three months of working out and you stick to it and you get a good diet, you're going to have some very tangible results in 12 weeks time. And you start to see that you start to take control. Like I said, where you become the cause and the effect of your life. And you start to be like, huh, you start to question things. You're like, well, okay. So if my actions can, you know, take my body fat down from 20% to 15%, it can, you know, it gets my liver back up and running. It's like, oh, okay. My heart rate's lowered. And you just generally you've got, you've got more energy in the day to do this. It's like, okay, well then how far can I take this? How far can I take this? And what other things can, can I, can I do? What am I capable of? And as long as you keep an open mind, to, with that question at heart, like, what am I capable of? You can, you can discover some very, very interesting facts about human anatomy, human physiology, metaphysical anatomy. And that's where I really got interested in. And I was obviously really interested in nutrition. I went and studied around the world, different, different cultures, opinions, again, just opinions on nutrition and, you know, self-experimented with myself, what was good, what wasn't. I'm not going to use this time to go on about what I believe is right about nutrition, but I just want to make the point that you, you start to, you start to see like some some very some very inter interesting results that you can just by experimenting with energy because at the end of the day food is energy it's, it's physical energy and you get from food you get your your macro micronutrients which will feed the physical self but as we know we're both physical and non-physical beings and the, the the common saying in the gym is did you skip leg day that's a that's a very common thing that you're hearing in the, in, the, in in the gym world with all the meatheads. Is did you skip leg day? Like you know you've got a, you've got a bottom half of the body as well. Why aren't you training that? Well, it's the same thing here. It's like we've got a physical and a non-physical body. Why are we so obsessed with the physical body and not the non-physical? We should take equal attention to both. 
And uh, food has two dimensions to it. It has the physical, the macro and micronutrients, and it also has the non-physical, which is going to be the informational field of the food. And I started getting very interested in this, I guess you would call it like quantum nutrition. That's when I started getting into herbalism and traditional Chinese herbalism, into Ayurvedic herbalism, into some of the more sort of ancestral herbalisms that you don't really hear about that are scattered around the planet, like these little isolated pockets of civilization that have some really esoteric beliefs when it comes to uh, nutrition, when it comes to, you know, supplementation of herbs. And what, so what I've, what I've created here is that I've, I say I've created, I guess I have created, sometimes I don't like to give myself credit for it, but I have kind of created a proprietary system of essentially infusing this prana, chi, life force, energy, whatever you want to call it, into my products. What it does is that it changes the informational field. I didn't say changes, I should say it energizes the informational field. So when you start getting into these realms, you you throw around terms like entropy and you know order out of chaos. And basically what it does is lowers entropy, which means that it just brings or brings order to the information. And if you've got more order to the information, then, you know, on a non-physical realm, that information is more easier, is more accessible to process and integrate. So when you eat foods that are lower in, that have lower entropic values, you, you get more out of them. And uh, I mean, is, before I ramble a little bit, Emily, is there any, is there like a way that you can kind of like pull me in a little bit? Because it's a very, it's a very like broad subject and I can just ramble about loads of unconnected things until two hours down the line, I bring it all in and everyone's asleep. <laughs> Your rambling is so fascinating, Chris. And I love it. I'm sure I have no doubt that our listeners will love it too. But I did have a couple questions that came up. One, when you're talking about changing the order of the products that you have and the materials that you're working with, could you say, like, could one say that it's changing the vibration of the product? Is it raising the vibration of the product in an energetic sense? Yes. So I guess I'll give a little bit of background on one of the machines I use. So I use a specific machine called an organ generator. So organ is a concept from, I guess it's a concept. It's a name termed by Wilhelm Reich. Uh, Wilhelm Reich, for no one that knows who he is, most people don't know who he is, was a prominent scientist researcher in the late 19th century, or 20th century, sorry. He was actually a protege to Sigmund Freud. He started off as like a a psychoanalytic researcher, and he, he was a polymath, and he started to explore all types of wild and wacky ideas with human physiology and psychology and start again into some more spiritual concepts. And he, he created something called the organ accumulator, which was essentially this big phone booth box type of contraption, which was layers of organic and inorganic material layered on top of each other. And people would go and sit in it and then they would cure them of all of these like misalignments or illnesses or degenerative conditions that they had. And Wilhelm believed that it was due to the, the way that these inorganic and organic materials are layered, that it would create, or it would accumulate this life force energy. So he called it organ, which related to orgasm, which is that energy, that peak energy state. 
and his work as you would expect around that time you know the the fda got got a gist of what he was up to and they're like well we don't like what you're doing bro you, you better shut the fuck up or you're gonna run into some issues and he didn't shut up as most mavericks and thought leaders do or don't i should say because they're not going to do that and they went in and they they literally destroyed him they 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 put him they put him in a mental asylum where sadly he spent the rest of his life and died they suppressed his work and no one really heard of him again. And then there's been specific researchers over the past um, few decades that have began to advance the science of ergonomy. And there's a, uh, a few people that have really advanced it now where they've taken that original organ accumulator and they've, they've made it, they've kind of down, downsized it into these little boxes, which then have some form of proprietary circuitry board in that then pulsates like a pulse electromagnetic magnetic field pulse through it. So it begins to generate it instead of accumulating it. And what these machines can do is that they essentially generate this life force energy, this chi, prana, whatever you want to refer to it as. And then you can tune it to specific frequencies. So specific frequencies, we know, you know, we get into the quantum physics realm, everything at its space is a frequency and frequency is going to be information. So you can tune this pulsed electromagnetic field of organ to specific frequencies and those specific frequencies carry with it the informational field which is you know what what that frequency does and so what you can do is you can charge the products up with this not just the the organ energy but also tune to a specific frequency so then it imprints on the informational field the life force energy of the of the products just get amplified dramatically and people that are sensitive to those subtle energies. So we know when you start to look at the different energies, you've got your electromagnetism, you've got gravity, you've got the strong and weak nuclear forces. And then there's, there's like this fifth force. And this fifth force is, if you start getting into Professor, Professor William Tiller's work, it's, it's, it's a subtle energy. It doesn't mean subtle in regards to like soft or small. It's, it's like, it's almost like the, the mesh that connects everything together. And when you start really learning about these energies, you start to, it starts to really, it's like a paradigm shift and you just see things completely differently. And the way that you look at the human body is different. The way that you look at nutrition is different. The way that you look at anything to do with reality is different. And yeah, I've, I've found that you can really significantly change the vibrational, let's say, yeah, energy of a food. And all, all of the supplements that I sell, like I said, are all traditional Chinese herbs, Ayurvedic herbs. So they're all known throughout time as being high vibrational uh, foods, high vibrational herbs. That's why people took them in the past anyway, was to be able to interact with that energy, to interact with that vibration. So now that they're getting like turbocharged, supercharged, it's really taken that to the next level. And then some of the other things that I do as well, is that I have a machine that restructures the water molecules within the herbs itself. So again, you start looking into this, into the science of what water is. Uh, you start looking into the work of Victor Schulberger and some of these other uh, great minds of today that are uh, really pushing the frontier of water research and the fourth phase of water and, you know, how much information that water can hold. And then when you're restructuring it, the different energetic potential it has, and it just completely changes the game. Like it, it's the way that I explain it. Again, I'm not saying this to brag, 
I'm just saying this because it is what it is. It's like when you start working on this level, it would be like going back into the late 90s with an iPhone 12 and everyone's, you've got a Nokia 3210 and you've got an iPhone 12. I mean, it's it's still a food, it's still a phone, but it's a completely different ball game. And you've got, it completely changes, it completely changes the, the idea of what that phone is capable of. And it's the same with the food. When you understand food from this level, it really... Sh- shifts your perspective on you know do i do keto do i do carnivore do i do vegan do i do this that or the other you start to look at things differently than just macro micronutrients you begin to look at things for the subtle energy that it holds so yeah that is my thoughts on that and is there any any way that you want me to expand on that well, it did remind me of a study that I learned from you on your podcast, I believe, yeah, on your podcast, where you talked about how there was a study where the the people that were doing this study put like the energy of hate into water. So they they talked to it in a really hateful way. They played like maybe heavy metal music. These could be separate studies, but they they put in a lot of harsh energy to the water. And then there was another sample of water and they played maybe classical music and they they told the water that they loved it. And I may be kind of butchering the details, but I think everybody gets it. There was one sample of water where they were putting a lot of kind of hateful energy in. There was another sample of water that they were putting uh, lots of loving energy into through sound and through just like energetic connection and the sample of water that had hate applied to it had this kind of messed up molecular structure and the sample of water that had love applied to it had this really beautiful symmetrical geometric design is that right yes that was the study done by dr emoto a very famous study again very pretty much what you said they had these vials of water and then they had ones that they would you know, they put, they would write love and stick it to it. And then they would write hate and attach that emotion, stick it to it. And then they would look at it under a, a microscope and they would see the, like I said, the molecular structure. And you would see that one was, you know, very chaotic, disjointed. And the other one looked like you, if you were looking at sacred geometry. And you, it, it shows that um, how frequency uh, or sound frequency affects matter and energy how it affects and you gotta you gotta remember it's like is that's the water in the viral we're 70 percent water so what do negative thoughts do for us and what do positive thoughts and love do for us on that level and if you if you look at sacred geometry and you look at the the efficiency of energy transfer through through sacred geometry compared to things that aren't constructed with sacred geometry then it would lead you to believe that if you're in this blissful love-filled state and at your core, you're essentially vibrating at the frequency of these sacred geometrical structures, then the energy is going to be able to flow through you so much easier than if it was, if you were just, you know, your subconscious attuned to negative thoughts and your negative beliefs and self-limiting beliefs. And it's about overcoming that. And you can do that through daily affirmations. You could do that through changing your diet. You can do that through just starting your own journey of, you know, just, just better in yourself in any way that you can. I mean, it's one step in front of the other. You've got to build these daily habits. And there's, there's this saying that I really like, I try not to butcher it is basically you gotta, you gotta look after your thoughts, take care of your thoughts because your thoughts become words. You take care of your words because your words become actions. You take care of your actions because your actions become your character. You take care of your character because your character becomes your destiny. 
And that's that's a good way of summarizing like how something simple as your fault can become your destiny. And it all originates within the mind, within your basically your subconscious beliefs and finding a way to really make sure that you're in alignment with what's going to be the best path for yourself, not caring about what other people want for you, only what you want and then get after it. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So like, it's so clear for everybody's listening. It's so clear to hear how connected Chris is with uh, what he's putting out into the world with primal alchemy, right? So he's on this level, like we're talking molecular level of how he is putting his energy into his, what he is bringing out into the world. And we're, we're on that level of making sure that that what you are putting into your body has that good vibration. And I think that's so special and so unique. And I do not know another supplement company or similar that has that kind of relationship to their products. So I think it's super special. And Chris, do you have a couple of more minutes, maybe like 10 more minutes to talk about a few other topics? Sure, Emily, we can, we can, we can shoot as long as you like. It's fine. Cool. So I would really like to get into what are we are being faced with in our society? So this is a big one. It's a huge topic. I know you know a lot about this. And I'm just, I want to see if maybe we can introduce these topics to our listeners, because I think, I mean, really, if we could have an overall theme here, it would probably be doing your own thing, being individualistic, not following what everyone else uh, says is what you should be doing in society, right? And I think to tie in that overall topic really well, it might be really nice to introduce these ideas about, hey, there, there are some, there are some forces here in our society that are kind of trying to brainwash us a little bit and trying to get us to believe that we're not powerful and we should just be keeping our job that we hate and we should just be eating this fast food or we should just be eating this food that makes us feel really crappy because we're really not worth anything else besides feeling crappy. And so let me know, Chris, if you need me to narrow anything down at all, but can we start talking a little bit about the dark forces in society and these huge monopolized industries and how they how they can be manipulating us on a day-to-day level. Okay. I will preface that with something just to explain where we are at in the fork in the road, just to give a little bit more context to the situation at hand. So your listeners, Emily, I'm sure you're familiar with the circadian clock of the human body, right? So, you know, you've got that sort of 24 hour clock, that on and off clocks, you know, your sleep wake cycle. This is where this sort of esoteric axiom comes from as above, so below. So we have this sleep wake cycle. And then we, if we kind of scale that up into the earth's sleep wake cycle, you've essentially got the, the year, you've got the year clock, which is you've got your spring and summer which will be your wake state and then you've got your autumn and winter which is going to be your sleep state on Gaia's level you could say and then we can scale this up again and this is a this is where we start getting into the level which not many people know about and we start getting into more sort of spiritual suppressed knowledge and this is something called the procession of the equinox and essentially the way that it's the earth itself is tilted on its axis and it kind of wobbles and in order to, to complete a 360 degrees rotation it it takes 25920 years 
So this number is very important, 25,920 years. So if just say we're going to round that up into 26,000. If we split that in half, we get 12,000 years a side. And that 12,000 years on each side is essentially the on and off, the sleep and wake full state of what dictates the level of consciousness on the planet. And for the past 12,000 years, we have been falling into a sleepful state and a sleepful state within the levels of consciousness means that you're very disconnected from source. You're very disconnected from spirit. You're very, you know, consumed with the material. You're very, just very dense and you just, you only think that what you can perceive through your five senses is real. And if you think else is false, everything else is, well, not real. And it's, I won't go into too much details, but let's just say about 12,000 years ago at the end of the Pleistocene, we're in the Holocene period now, there was a major cataclysmic event that I'm going to, I do believe, and I have 100% belief in this, but I'm just going to say may have, may have wiped out a very advanced civilization on this planet. And then once, once it was wiped out, the survivors of this long lost civilization went off to essentially reseed and reboot humanity. And that's when we start to see these new seed civilizations, such as Sumeria, such as Egypt, the Aztecs, the Mayans, over in ancient Asia, you go to look into Australia. They all started to reboot at a specific time. But anyway, at this time, humanity was, you know, hurt, was damaged. It was what you'd expect when you go from autumn to winter. Everything is dark darkness and what happened in this time period is that essentially the planet was hijacked the planet was hijacked by a without (laughs) without sounding too wild in this let's say some non-human forces that have basically used this time period of humanity being asleep figuratively and literally to essentially create a pyramidal control structure where they have essentially created a state a slave state system which has well been in place for the past at least 5000 years and they have kept this base beforehand it used to be very open like back in like sumerian egyptian times it's very clear who the slaves and who the rulers were but over time you know, they're gonna, they had to be a little bit more smart and a little bit more clever with their control system. And they had, they had to mask it and disguise it a little bit. And then they started to bring in ideas such as democracy. And they started to give, give people the illusionary choice of, you know, free will. And we find ourselves now at the bottom of this, you could call it the, the great clock, where we are at the, the dawn of spring. And that if any... What does spring represent? It it represents the rebirth of new life. And it is always darkest just before dawn. And that's just as what we are experiencing now. We're at this turning point within the the human the human story here on this planet. And we we are moving out of we've well, for people that know, 
you've got the age of Aquarius. That's the term that gets thrown around. You've got 2012, which was the end of the Mayan calendar, which was re- or the 2020 big. So again, your 2020 vision. This was all to do with the transition between the age of Pisces and the age of Aquarius. And the age of Aquarius is essentially the dawn of this new sort of spring in regards to the level of consciousness here on the planet. What, what we're seeing now is essentially just the handing over, the handing over of the torch between the old guard and the new guard. And they're completely different paradigms. One is heart-based and one is fear-based. So one's love-based and one's fear-based. And we're, we're just literally just, we're, we're just going, we're going through a very hard time because people are having to go through this very hard awakening for people like myself, where I've spent a, a many years of my life researching this, you know, it's gradual. You, you learn about these secret societies, you learn, you learn about these orders of control and you see people to tag it as conspiracy theories. But when you really do your research, it's not a theory. Like there's a lot of solid facts and solid evidence to back up a lot of these claims. And what we're seeing now is a, a situation where humanity as a whole is almost having to go through its death rebirth experience as a collective. So just as tying it all back around together, how you go through that on an individual level, now we are being presented with our collective fear. And we have to confront that. We have to face the dragon, both literally and figuratively. And I'm not going to get into shape-shifting reptilians because that might make, that might just throw this, off, uh, throw this off course a little bit. But we are literally facing the dragon. And we have to overcome this together on this one. And when we do, on the other side is the golden age, or I should say the path, the roads to the golden age, to restoring the divine nature within humanity, which has been stripped from us from a few select evil, insidious individuals. It's on the other side. Like that, that is our divine birthright. We're, we're, we're born with the right to be able to achieve these states and it's been suppressed. We've been poisoned through the food that we eat, through the water we drink, through the air that we breathe, through the thoughts that are programmed into us. Every aspect of our life and identity, identity of self has been very systematically, strategically, you know, programmed and conditioned to keep us in a limited state of being in a limited state of awareness, because as soon as you're aware and you're awake, you don't stand for that shit because you because you know your worth, you know your spiritual worth, and you did not incarnate through you know thousands of lives going through you know all, all types of shit to end up on this planet in 2020 at the dawn of the Great Awakening just for some elite few to strip you of your divine right to experience the Great Awakening. So I don't know how much detail you want me to go into some of the specifics, Emily. I mean, again, that might be a podcast in its own right, because you can get very deep into, you know, the Corona pandemic. You can get into the election and what's going on there. You can get on what's going to be coming right around the corner very soon in regards to some to some. Well, I don't want to call it the mass arrests and get tagged with the with the Q stamp, with the QAnon stamp on my head. But there are some really interesting things that are going to be playing out on a global level in the, in the next few weeks. And we, we can literally go from 0 to 100 very quickly. Once these people are out of the way, like honestly, there is so much human potential that's being suppressed 
fruit from these people and these people their bloodlines go all the way back to you know ancient sumeria and beyond and that is again another podcast in its own in its own right because there's a, a lot of detail that you have to cover on that to really let the listeners you know fully comprehend what we're working with here and who we're against this is this is like it is it's the rebels versus the empire this is harry versus voldemort this is the this is the best film that's ever been written but it's real life and it's going to be you know a very important chapter when we look back in the history books so people are going to look back at what did humans do at this time period when they were faced with this challenge did they did they overcome it or did did they buckle or did they did they conform did they obey and sadly a lot of people have conformed and obeyed and they've shown more so than ever that the level of awareness of the planet is a collective, which is really low, really low, but it doesn't matter because again, they can't, nothing can stop the divine plan. You should say no one can stop natural law and the top, the click, the click, the clock is a ticking Emily and that great clock waits for no man. And we are entering the spring and there's not, there's not, nothing that can stop that. And they can try and, say uh postpone or delay it much as they want but more and more people will naturally wake up because that's just how nature works and you know like i said it's always the darkest before dawn and that's literally where we're at now a lot the collective you know where a lot of people are very fearful at the moment they're very depressed they're almost humanity's hit rock bottom and it, it requires a big paradigm shift. And that's the that's the thing that's going to get us out on the other side. And we start to, you know, what if you ask the average person on the street, you go down and ask, you know, 10 times out of 10, 100 times out of 100, 1,000 times out of 1,000, you ask someone what they want. Generally, everyone's a nice person that you meet. You might meet the odd asshole now and then. But generally, no one wants war. No one wants poverty. No, no, no one wants any of these things that we, we're just confronted with in our day-to-day life and led to believe that it's normal that it's human nature it's not human nature to be like that it's the nature of these evil like sub non-human elite that are controlling us that are programming us to believe that that's just reality when it's not if they were not in if they were not there if we were not controlled by you know this sort of what you would call this frankist sabbatean death cult that run the planet we'd be living in utopia and there'd be nothing that would there'd be nothing that would stop that we'd have all this suppressed energy technology that's being kept from us we'd have free energy We'd be able to feed the planet. There'd be, we'd be able, everyone would be equal in regards to their financial, you know, their, their finance, their financial situation. There would be no rich and poor that, that, that that's all polarizing. That's all third dimensional shit. When you progress to the fifth dimension, you go past the, the laws of polarity. There doesn't need to be left or right, or there doesn't need to be rich or poor. There just needs to be one because you're connected to source. And that's where I feel like we are going to get to. But again, we're in for a little bit of a dark night of the soul before we before we get to that. So again, the best as oh, here we go quoting uh, quoting Trump: the best is yet to come, and it is. And that's not just on you know a third dimensional level. That's that's up there in the fourth and fifth. And then as soon as that happens, we've got some exciting things to look forward to, Emily. We're gonna we start to see some of the truth about extraterrestrial life, our place in the galaxy, our place in the universe. And hey, at the end of the day, Emily, this is all a simulation. And um, <laughs> yeah, once once we escape the matrix, then we're in a whole different ballgame again. 
Oh my gosh. I want to like scream and jump up and dance and just cry at the same time because like this is this topic is so important for everyone to understand about, listen about, keep an open mind about. And I'm so glad that we got to this place. And thank you, Chris, for telling us about this, allowing us to learn a little bit more about this today. And yeah, I, I like to say a lot, do what makes sense to you. For our listeners out there, do what makes sense to you. If you are feeling bullied into doing something, if you are feeling pressured into doing something, if something feels dark, if something feels energetically not right, if something feels uh, like a, if you're feeling a weird tension inside of your body, if you're feeling a little bit of a tightness between your chest and your stomach or your throat, when you are about to do something that you're not sure if you want to do or not, don't do it. Do what makes sense to you and pay attention because that this stuff is, you, you can really look into this stuff and there, there is there's a lot to be found there and you can find a lot of power for yourself when you start looking into these topics. And yeah, just, just know that where society says you're going to be isn't true. You can be wherever you want to be. You don't have to listen to anyone else about that. And we're talking about individuality a lot here. And I keep going back to this topic because it's so important. And I want to clarify that what I'm talking about here is first step a great first step would be to individualize yourself from the typical society. So I'm not talking about isolating yourself from every other human on earth, but start to differentiate yourself from society's plan for you. And then you're probably going to attract and come across and find a beautiful, amazing community of people that will support you and love you and lift you up that believe also believe that society's plan isn't right for them, right? So there, there is community here. There is accepting community here for you. And um, you, don't have to, you don't have to go through that individualized process alone. I think it's just important to note. But yeah, yeah go ahead. No, I, I 100% agree, Emily. And I think, it's, I think that's one of the main takeaways from this. It's just, you know, be yourself. And then this is it's, it's a bit cheesy, this being beautiful. What is beautiful is being you to the full. That's how you become beautiful. And it's, again, you, you, you got, you got to live for yourself and you got to learn how to question everything. Like, just because I said all of this, some of it might ring true of you. Some of it might not, but go and research what I say. Don't just take my word for it. Don't take anyone's word for it. Everything you've been told, like, sorry to say, it's probably been a lie. It's probably been a lie that's been fabricated to benefit whoever it is that told you it. So you have to go and do your research. Go and find out everything that you thought you know. Go and actually research it to see if it's true. Be, be able to hold two contradicting ideas at the same time without, you know, kind of aligning with one and work out like, okay, well, you know, my intuition is guiding me here. And then let's see where, where, I, where I go from there and see where this leads me and see who this, see what this path, who, what people does this path bring into my life and what will I gain and learn from them? And you won't do that unless you just start to question and you're not going to start to question unless you start to think for yourself and you're not going to start to think for yourself until you reclaim the sovereignty of your soul and of your consciousness. Yeah, totally, totally. So beautifully said. So I wanted to get into Antarctica today, but I think I really like this place that we're kind of ending at. And maybe 
there will be another time where we can talk about Antarctica, Chris. But thank you so much for being on this podcast. And thank you so much for spending time with me here and for communicating so many amazing ideas and thoughts and knowledge to to me and uh, to our listeners here. And I'm wondering now, where can we find you? How can we support Primal Alchemy? Where can we get your supplements? Cool. Yeah. Again, I really much appreciate you having me on, Emily. And it's great to see that, you know, you finding yourself and I can see how happy this makes you to be able to do this and help other people. So that's great to see. And I'm like very honored to, you know, been a bit of a catalyst in your, in your transition from where you were to where you are now. And that, that means the world for me. And like you said, you never know how your actions are going to affect others and help create that ripple effect. So again, I really do appreciate that. As for me, if people want to know a little bit more about Primal Alchemy, you can go onto my website, which is www.primalalchemy.co.uk. I'm also available on Instagram at Primal Alchemy UK. You can also find my podcast. To be honest with you guys, I don't necessarily do the podcast as much as I used to, but it's still a good like 60, 70 episodes available for you if you'd like, which is called the Red Pill Initiation Hour. It's all about the art, science, and philosophy of becoming superhuman. One thing that I would say that would benefit a lot of the people who are listening to this, um, on my website, you can download something I created called the Superhuman Optimization Map. It's a free PDF download, and it's essentially a compendium of, I like to say my life's work, but, you know, I'm not really that old, but, you know, (laughs) It's, it's been, it's a compendium of all, all of my work and research over the years. And it outlines everything from uh, basic, basically, I don't want to ramble now, but I have a philosophy that we're all living in a simulation and we have this avatar vessel. And in what I put on the map are things that explain what I believe to be the best ways to optimize the physical avatar, the mental avatar, the spiritual avatar, the emotional avatar, things to stay away from, which I call kryptonites things that I call avatar instruction manuals, which are the best sort of ego development models out there from some very smart people and uh, some nutritional things to learn a little bit more about nutrition from an ancestral perspective. And then to learn a little bit more about the matrix itself, learn a little bit more about, you know, reality and how, how you fit within it. And that's a free PDF download. It's something that you can use as a map. It's a tool. As uh, as anything is, you need to use it. You need to integrate what you learn and you need to transmutate that knowledge into your own personal wisdom. And once you do that, well, you'll be you'll be in a much better place than you are now. I'm not saying that where you are now is bad, but you'll be in a better place. Totally. Yeah. And I'll link all of that in the show notes, your website and uh, all the social media. And I was going to mention too, because your thoughts on the simulation theory is super fascinating. And if anyone wants to hear more about that, they can listen to the first episode of your podcast. It's episode zero. Is that right? Yeah, that's the one. I mean, you can check that out again. Like I talk about it quite a lot on my social media, but again, like there's, there's some really interesting researchers out there now. In fact, I'm actually about after this podcast, I'm going to watch, it just got released today. It's called Glitch in the Matrix. It's a new documentary. It literally just got released today. It looks pretty promising. It's all about simulation theory and seems to be as well, looks interesting. So I'm going to give that a listen to, but yeah, there's, again, this, that's a podcast in its own right, talking about simulation theory, but it's not, you don't have to think of it in regards to, you know, are we living in a computer? 
this is there ancient civilizations have discussed this concept and philosophized philosophized about this since time immemorable so it's again a big rabbit hole for you to travel through but i've got a lot of links on my map that can take you down some pretty interesting some pretty pretty interesting avenues of thought cool perfect and how great is that 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 movie just got released today i feel like that's a sign i should be watching yeah no I'm, I'm looking i'm looking forward to it i've been waiting for it for a while and i was like yes okay after the podcast with emily i'm gonna watch that it's gonna be sick and oh, yeah. yeah that one i listen to Totally. Chris, well, thank you again so much for being with us today. I'm so grateful for you. We really appreciate you talking to us. Appreciate it too. No problem. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Hopefully I haven't rambled too much. And again, thank you very much for having me on, Emily. I hope you loved this interview with Chris Story of Primal Alchemy. I have all of Chris's contact information linked in the show notes. And if you did love this episode, subscribe to this podcast, leave a rating and review, share this podcast with your community. And if you do any of these actions, you will be entered into a drawing to win a free 45-minute private health coaching session with me. Just take a screenshot of your subscription, your review, or your post that you share. DM me the screenshot on Instagram and your name will be entered into the drawing. My Instagram is at emilys.rootawakening. Feel free to follow me on Instagram as well. And remember, if you do one of these three things, you will be entered into the drawing once. If you do all three of these things, if you subscribe, if you leave a review, and if you share this podcast, your name will be entered into the drawing three times. So you will have three times the chance of winning a 45-minute private health coaching session with me. And if you would like sustainable guidance with your health journey, if you'd like access to a community that understands you, that is passionate about cultivating natural health as well, that honors their bodies as well, join us in the Root Awakening Mastermind. Head to the link in my bio on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening and apply there. I am Emily Kosick, health coach and CEO of Root Awakening. Thank you so much for listening to this interview. I am so, so grateful for you. Thank you for supporting natural health. I cannot wait to hear from you soon. See you on the next episode.